Welcome to Our Tribe, the podcast that sits down with Jewish professionals and entrepreneurs to hear their stories, share their advice, and bear their Jewish souls. Now here's your host, Rabbi Tovia Kopsty. Welcome back to Our Tribe, the podcast. I'm Tuvia Kopstein, and in this episode, we have the pleasure of sitting down with David Dayan. David is the founder of Amazon Experts, which is a boutique Amazon consulting firm. And David has a lot of years of experience in this field. His insights into the world of e-commerce, and he explains the mysterious attraction of the observant Jew to this particular line of work. And you may not have known that there are, there are many such people in this field. David has some insight into that, and we know you'll enjoy this episode as much as I did. I learned a ton from David. And I'd like to say a little station identification that Our Tribe, the podcast, is powered by the Podcast Fellowship, which is an international Jewish outreach nonprofit, which is helping Jewish young adults all over the world learn about their Judaism, learn Torah, listen to podcasts, discuss them with mentors, local mentors, and grow in this way towards a stronger Jewish future. Check us out, check us out at www.podcastfellowship.org. And without further ado, David Dayan of Amazon Experts with Our Tribe, the podcast. Okay, so we are here with David. How are you doing today, David? Hey, how are you doing? Thank you for having me here. Thank you for coming. Okay, David, I want you to take us back. You know, I, I, what you're doing with the Amazon Experts Amazing. We want to hear about it. Can you take us back to the very beginning? Tell us about how you grew up, what kind of family you grew up in, and and eventually bring us us to the point where you are to where you are today. The whole story. Okay, you got it. <laughs> I have a tendency to speed through this, so slow me down and uh, sure. interrupt me if I'm going too fast. Okay. All right. Um, I grew up in Deal, New Jersey. Lived here all my life. The the Syrian community over here, if you're familiar. Okay. Um, we, we definitely have a nice little, little town, little beach town over here. Um, in the summertime, uh, we get a lot of Brooklyn, a lot of the Syrian community from Brooklyn comes here. Okay. So it's a lot of fun and a lot of action. Uh, and in the wintertime, it's nice and quiet and peaceful. Um, and it's, it's definitely enjoyable, you know, like you, you can go to New York and Brooklyn and get your action in and then, Usually Jersey for the 10 months out of the year is very quiet and relaxing and there's a nice small community here. Um, and uh, this is where I grew up and, um, uh, you know, amazing community over here, Sephardish, uh, Jewish community over here. And, um, and that's where you are today. That's where, that's where I, I, I'm okay. talking to you. I'm, I'm coming live from Eatontown, New Jersey, which, uh, is a little, I'll tell you a little, little secret here. There's like 10 towns here. They're all called Deal. I don't actually live in Deal. I never lived in Deal, but uh, to the to the general Jewish world, where do you live? I live in Deal. Uh, Deal is just one of the little towns here, and um, and there's a whole bunch of other towns. There's West Deal. There's Long Branch. That's actually where I live. There's West Long Branch, all called Deal, um, and um, there's just maybe ten different towns here, and we call them all Deal. And uh, Deal used to be the main town, no longer the main town. That's a story for another day. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of uh, a little bit about, about my hometown. I, um, Wait, I went David, to school question, here. Question yeah, I know there's a great neck. Is there a great deal? <laughs> no, there's no great deal. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> oh, okay. Good, good. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, so I, um, I started in the Amazon space. Um, I, I'll start by saying I never did the whole counselor 
you know, camp counselor job. I, I didn't, wasn't for me. Um, I wanted to get some real world business experience. So I would try to get office jobs in the summers. Um, I went to Deal Yeshiva. When you were in high school? You mean when you were in high school? Yeah, yeah, when I was in high school. Exactly. So I went to Deal Yeshiva Elementary School, and then I went to a a high school in Lakewood. And in my summertime in Deal, um, I didn't want to do the regular traditional work at a camp as a counselor or a junior counselor. And um, I I wanted to get some some office experience. And I my first job was filing filing uh, you know a bunch of bunch of you know files that uh, was very very annoying job. I didn't didn't enjoy it one bit. But I made money. Um, and then the next year I, I actually started using some computers and I actually got offered to start listing products on Amazon. Uh, I would get paid, I think it started out at like $20 or $30 per product that I would create. And it would take you roughly 45 minutes to make a product. Uh, so it was okay money. And, um, I actually came to a point where I was coming in real early. And, uh, and trying to get as many listings created in the early hours of the day. Um, Amazon was a jungle back then. Anybody could do anything. Anybody could sell anything. Uh, and I would, I would work for a company and, and put up product on Amazon. Um, and I would get paid per product and I would come in real early, leave real early and still have some of the day to hang out and, and enjoy my summer. And, um, and that's really the first time that I ever like stumbled across Amazon and, and what is this Amazon thing? And everyone knew, everyone was talking about Amazon, but it wasn't as popular as it is today. What year was Um, this? uh, I don't know. Um, 2006 or seven or eight or nine, one of those, you know, before, uh, maybe, maybe even 2011. I don't know. Um, but how, how uh, did you find this listing? There was somebody in the community who was running I'll an Amazon you, business? I'll tell you how old. Um, I must have been 16. Mm-hmm. So this was 14 years ago. Okay. Um, okay. So basically, um, I started out creating these listings. I learned how to do it over the, over the you know, a few weeks of the summer. And then I got pr- pretty good at it. Um, I would I would do, I, I, I broke the record for how many products could be created in a day, um, you know, and, and uh, I was quite good at creating listings uh, on Amazon. Um, I'll, I'm going to, it's going to come full circle because one of my main services today is creating product listings on Amazon. And it's actually my, my, probably my most, uh, my most popular service. Um, Tell me how, how did you get to this? I, I asked, but you didn't hear it. Was yeah, there somebody in deal who was, who was doing it, running an Amazon business, had needed, had products that needed listings? Somebody, a family friend. Yeah. Uh, yeah was okay. running, running an Amazon business, um, yeah. and needed help with, with listing products. Uh, it was, like I said, a very tedious job, but once you learned how to do it and maybe even got good at it, it was something that you could be quite good at. And, uh, that's really my entrance into Amazon. Um, after that, I worked for a family business um, out of out of high school, and and I actually went to college. So while I was in college um, for psychology, nothing nothing that I practice today, um, but something that does help me very very much today. Um, and I went to Toro College in Brooklyn, and I was in yeshiva there also. And I also had a part time job. Uh, I, I again just showing you how I didn't really plan to have an Amazon job and and something that I could do so part-time that would pay me well. And it was just very convenient. And whatever I kind of did, I always sort of hung on to Amazon. Um, 
fast forward, you know, through college, I'm, I decided I don't want to be a psychologist. Um, and I decided I need to go get a job. So everyone I knew that was making money um, was doing sales. It could be a Syrian thing that, you know, you go to, you go to some, somebody who's manufacturing something and you get a sales job and you get your commissions and, and anybody who's, like I said, any of my friends that were making money and, and doing, uh, doing uh, something cool were, were, uh, were in sales. And although I had a whole bunch of Amazon experience, I, I wanted to throw that away and say, let me go after some sales and make some real money. Um, and I remember going for an interview somewhere and it was a big prestigious company and they told me, we'll hire you, but you'd be doing yourself a disservice. And I remember thinking like, okay, but I want to work here. And then they just told me over and over again, how I have all this e-commerce experience and the world is changing and e-commerce is in demand. I didn't agree with him. I was like, what are you talking about? That's not true. Sales is in demand. Um, and I just didn't agree with him and I ended up deciding to listen to his advice and stay in e-commerce. Um, worked for a pretty big seller for a couple of uh, a couple of years, and then I moved on to consulting. And I always say that selling on Amazon and then consulting for Amazon sellers, although it might seem like it's the same thing, it's very different. Um, and I worked for a big agency, big big Amazon agency in New York. Uh, I would travel from Deal to New York every day. Uh, now I have a five minute commute, thank God. But, uh, back, back, back when, uh, you know, I was traveling to the city every day, it was a nice three hours of commuting minimum. Wow. Um, and I worked for this pretty big agency and, and learned so much there. Um, and then I actually made partner at an even bigger firm in New York. Um, and there was some creative differences. I realized I wanted to have a boutique agency, not hundreds of Amazon clients. Uh, a smaller amount of Amazon clients. And that's when about four years ago, I started Amazon Experts. And I pretty much um, went into this model that I believed was needed of I, I offer services to anybody, but I also offer partnerships to a very limited clientele. Uh, we do our vetting and make sure that it's the right fit both ways. Uh, and we make sure to find the right people to work with. We offer our partnership. We offer our management of the business, growth of the business. Um, and then we pretty much, you know, take a, a, a one category. So one one representation for any category. So we won't have like a conflict. Uh, if I'm selling if I'm selling someone's shoes, I'm not selling someone else's shoes. Uh, we we sort of stick to the the you know small list of partners, and and we manage the businesses. And uh, thank God it's Amazon has only grown. Um, I read something that the, the officially, I mean, first of all, we just, we just passed Black Friday and Cyber Monday, uh, record, record holiday season. Um, and then another thing, just a quick stat, uh, e-commerce spending has officially exceeded $1 trillion in the trailing 12 months. Uh, that's a lot of money. And that's an, another benchmark that we've never hit before. Um, and it's just a, another another proof that Amazon is is only only going to get bigger and bigger and and uh, going to continue to grow as a staple of of uh, you know business that we know today. Um, and that is a little bit of my of my origin story. I definitely slowed it down. I, I tend to give you a, a sixty second version of that, but you got a nice long, uh, very detailed version just now. I appreciate that. Now that you said the long version, now I could ask questions. Based yes. on what you said. Okay, great. So, so what I want to ask is, what is the difference between your 
I don't know what you call it, aggregate. Uh, Amazon was taking in thousands, hundreds of clients and the boutique that you decided that you needed to go into. So when I, let's talk about the listings that we started with before. Um, okay. We, to make a listing back in the day was different than what I'm doing today. Um, I was jumping on other people's products or making my own product that I didn't own. So if it was uh, a bottle of Poland Spring, uh, I was saying, let me, let me go on Amazon, find this bottle. And then I'll say, sell mine. And, and technically I can go to the store and buy a thousand of these. And let's say I decide I want to sell them for a penny. I can, I can be the one to sell them. It's an open marketplace, Amazon. So um, back in the day, it was much easier to sell, let's say a kid's tablet uh, from a, like a Sony brand or something like that. Now, you need approvals, you need invoices, you need letters from from Sony. And, and it's a much, much uh, stricter po- uh, protocol today. But when I started, uh, if you simply just said, I have it for sale, and then you offered it, you were you were there, you were selling, you can make sales in, in the next minute. Um, that's eBay, what I... Is eBay still like that? Anybody eBay is still uh, eBay yeah. is still like that, much more, okay. much more wild. But today, if you want to sell a branded product, like an iPhone or like anything Sony or anything Nike, you need approval to sell that. Um, So when I'm talking about listing creation today, I'm actually talking about private label listing creation. Mm -hmm. So let's say I have, imagine this was a water bottle and it was my own brand, David's Water Bottles. And now there's something called registry, brand registry, where you prove to Amazon that you're the owner of the brand by trademarking it. Uh, And then you would be able to create an Amazon product page. Uh, in order to create a product page, you need images of the product. Uh, you also need writing. You need a title. You need bullet points, and you need a product description. Without that, you cannot list the product. You also need inventory, and you need to set a price. Those are a few things that you must have in order to say, I have a product page on Amazon that's live. Um, so the process of putting all that together, not that complicated, um, if you spend some time trying to figure it out, anybody, anybody today, especially the technology geniuses we're raising, uh, anybody can figure it out. Um, but there's an art to choosing which words go in the, in the, in the title and the bullet points and the description and an even bigger art choosing how, how to portray your product in the images. We typically do a breakdown of seven images. That's a, that's usually the minimum amount of images that Amazon requires, um, and that's, I guess, uh, we, we break it down with a main image, which you can't really do too much to. You can't add any words to it. You can't any, add any graphics or any uh, logos or anything. It has to be a clean white background image. But then image two through seven, you can do whatever you want. You can, if I have a boot and I want to put it on, uh, let's say I just have a regular boot. The, the, the client has a white background boot. I can find a stock photo of, of a guy in the snow, and then I can replace their boot with my with the, with the client's boot and make Photoshop the boot into the photo in a way that you will look at this photo and see somebody standing in a puddle of snow, and it looks like the boot of the client. In reality, this person and this the model in the photo never touched this boot that the client has, but through nice Photoshop work, we can make it look like the model the model's wearing the boot. Uh, and obviously, if the if the client has a real model wearing the actual boot, that's even better. Um, but the, the, the purpose of, of optimization of these images or optimization of the content that goes into it is for one of two reasons with the writing, uh, Amazon has tons and tons of people searching every day for different products. So let's say I type in men's snow boot. There's going to be a whole bunch of people who come up 
the way that Amazon decides who to put on as a, as a, as a solution, as a, as a result of my search query is people who have the word men's snow boot in their title or their bullet or their description. And there's actually a database that tells us all the words for every single search and which one is ranked higher than the other. So by paying attention to that database, we can actually learn, oh, wow, the word men's snow boot is much, much better than the men, than the word men's winter boot because men's snow boot is being searched 10,000 times a day. Men's winter boot is only being searched a thousand times. So if I choose simply by putting in my title men's snow boot as opposed to men's winter boot, I could be 10 times increasing my visibility on any given day. Um, and that's just with the, with the, with the writing. Then there's also making sure that the images are portraying the product properly. Every time I make an image, the main image, again, we discussed is going to be a, a, a main white background image, but the rest of the images, we tend to give three lifestyle photos. Like I explained with the models and maybe somebody's pulling it on. So you don't even have to see a full person. You just see hands and a foot and, uh, you know, maybe arrows going in the direction, like you're pulling on the boot. Um, and maybe the boot has these, uh, handles that you can actually pull them on nice and easy. People always struggle with boots, right? Um, but the images are, are there to sell the product. So again, the writing is there to help you get found, to help you increase visibility. And the images is there to help you when you actually get that person to click on you, um, for them to purchase it, for them to add it to cart. Now, Amazon has a fact. There's a fact about the Amazon platform. People searching on Amazon are the quickest to go from search to add to cart and see you later. I'll, I'll have it on my doorstep tomorrow than any other platform out there. Uh, there was a whole article I read how Walmart officially outranked Amazon this year for the first time ever with people searching for gift deals. Now, it's very funny. Whenever you see like you got to read between the lines, they didn't do more money they didn't do more sales than Amazon, but they had more people searching, which is still impressive. But you have to realize that that the the searches are are the lifeblood of, of the business. You have on Amazon, you have the most uh, the highest rate of of purchasing from searching from any other platform out there, and that's what that's what the opportunity on Amazon is. And um, when you want to make sure that you take advantage of the traffic you're getting, you're generating. You want to make sure that the customer has all the information they need, all the questions that they might ask. Uh, will be answered through the images, hopefully. Um, cause you, a lot of times you'll answer them in the writing too, in the, in the, in the bullets and the description, but less and less people are reading that. And on a mobile phone, which is like more than 70% of search of, 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 uh, Amazon shopping, uh, the, the bullet points are all the way in the bottom and you have to like open up another tab. So I, I would say that the images are extremely, extremely important for conversion. Um, and when we're talking about doing listings, we offer a service. That does both. We can you can do either the images alone or the writing or both together as a package, uh, and that is one of our most popular services today. Um, when somebody comes to Amazon Experts and purchases that, they're dealing with. We have a sales team, we have project management teams, we have a support team. Um, I don't typically know them and deal with them and work with them. Um, when I'm doing full management, it's something that I'm personally dealing with, uh, and that's the difference. Um, we don't have an unlimited, you know, uh, uh, capability to do thousands of listings a week, but, uh, we're trying to grow that to be as, as much as we possibly can. Um, and I would always say that I, for me, it's not about quantity. It's about quality. Um, every project we take on, we make sure our customers are satisfied. We make sure that the, that the product looks good, that our, our work is, we're, we're proud to show it and say, this is my work. 
Um, and then we also, obviously, this is the hardest part, but um, but we're we're proudest and we're we're we consider it a success when a customer's happy, b the product looks nice, the images that we design and the writing we, we design looks well and looks like a trusted brand. And then finally, the third thing would be when the product actually performs. Uh, and uh, thank God, majority of the products that we create and put up on Amazon, uh, we we check them out and we look at how they're performing. And we always say, if it's in the top 100 of any category, even of subcategory, uh, we 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 can give ourselves a pat on the back and say we did a good job. Because a lot of times, like I, just two weeks ago, I got a report from a client who launched right before holiday season. It's a little bit of a stressful time to launch because a lot going on. And he was ranked to the top 100 within two weeks, uh, which means a significant amount of sales, a very, very short amount of time. Um, so it's nice to hear that and, and to know that what we're doing, the formula we chose and, and we're using works. Um, and that's uh, the very long answer to that question. Okay, amazing. Thank you. Now, how do you, when you're developing the, the images, how do you know what works and what doesn't work? How did you come to learn that? It's a good question. Uh, we don't, we don't know what works and doesn't work. Um, we obviously have experience and we know that previous things worked for other people. That obviously helps. Um, but we're not always hundred percent right with that. And, um, sometimes we'll, we'll pull up a project and say, we did this. It looks nice, but we could make it better. Uh, we see somebody made a comment and asked the question and we didn't address that question. I might want to take one of the images that maybe is my least favorite and, and add that answer there. Um, but it's, it's opinions and it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, a hope. It's a strategy. It's not where we're not. I, people always think, uh, an Amazon consultant, um, has a crystal ball and, and knows that like, you know, well, you're going to do this. And it's not like that. Um, you, there's a, there's a tremendous amount of success on Amazon. Uh, and I truly believe it's an, it's an easy business to build. Um, I could be biased here, but. I truly believe that like it's very easy to be successful on Amazon if you have a good quality product and if you give the the business what it needs to succeed. Uh, and a lot of that is what I mentioned before to you, making sure that you have inventory, making sure that you have good a good representation of your product, uh, making sure that you have the right traffic finding you. Um, and that maybe there's some advertising in, thrown in there too. Um, and honestly, uh, it, it's, you, you see a lot of people very successful. And when, when we say successful, we mean successful. Everybody knows a, a person or two who's doing numbers on Amazon telephone books. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's, uh, it's something that, that is, um, I, I think it's only growing the opportunity that's on Amazon and it's, it's, it's very Jewish, uh, trait. It's, you know, I, I always joke. Um, there's, you know, if you, if, if you're in the Jewish religious world, there's like usually three things you're doing and it's either Amazon, nursing homes, or real estate. Those are mostly the, the most popular options. Um, and especially like any of the people we know that are, that are kind of working with Jews. Um, I'm talking about like someone who's not Jewish, who, just likes to work with Jews and they know like these are the three areas that, that Jews are in uh, at least in, in my neck of the woods here and, 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 you know, New York, New Jersey. So tell us about that. This I'm sure is very is interesting and curious to our audience of Jewish students from all different backgrounds. What makes it a Jewish thing to go into? Um, maybe the part-time um, maybe it's um, the fact that you can run a big business and not really have to like, 
talk to a whole bunch of people you're, you're selling to the world uh, and you're dealing with a computer screen. Um, so I want to say both of those things, maybe like the, the, you know, you can have like a learning schedule and maybe do Amazon. I know a lot of people who are very successful who, who are doing that. I know a Rebbe um, who is a, a very successful Amazon seller. He's like a 10th grade Rebbe in a yeshiva somewhere in New Jersey. And he is, he's like number 10 in a certain category doing very, very well for himself. Um, and I always said, like, I wanted to be part of that business because, you know, like Yisachar's Zvulun type of thing. Like, it's just uh, not bad to, not bad to. Yeah. No, it's not to our audience. So I, you know, I, I'm, I, you, you, maybe you explain it better than you can do a better job than I, than I can. Okay, I'm just going to, I'm just going to term it out. Go ahead and explain what that means. We, right, did, we so, just passed it in, the, in the, this week's Parsha. So are you talking about now? Okay. So this is, this is something David's mentioning a uh, partnership, but there's a, there's a concept in the Torah where there were two brothers and they were both sons of Yaakov, of Jacob, the, our forefather Jacob, and they were, have had a partnership where one was busy all day long in learning and teaching Torah. And the other one was busy all day long in business transactions. And their agreement was that the one who was involved in business and making money would support the one who was learning Torah the whole time. And then, and the one who was learning, his name was Zisachar. The one who was working was Zavulan. And then thereby, with that partnership, they would share the merit of the Torah. So, so David, what, so what are you saying? You, you wish that you would, you would nothing, have nothing, for yourself? Nothing that level. I'm not, I'm okay. not, uh, I'm not dedicating myself to Torah and I'm not, uh, you know, to Torah learning all day. Like I, I thank God I, I, I do get my, my, my hours in, but um, I'm not, I'm not on that level of, of uh, dedicating my whole, my whole day. And the Rebbe, I guess, is um, just a good partner to have. I always feel like uh, when you, when you are dedicating a lot of your, of your day to learning and teaching um, there, there was like a, a, an understanding that you're doing the right thing. And, and, you know, like it, it, that, that deal that Yisachar and, and Zvulun made is more like you, you take care of my, my, uh, my money needs, my, my, my physical needs, and then I'll take care of your spiritual needs. And obviously that balance, uh, is just an interesting point. And, and when I had the, the opportunity to work with somebody who is a Rebbe and doing Amazon, it was very interesting to me and something that I wanted to do because I just felt like, uh, you know, if I'm getting a small, a small percentage of that, um, you know, I, I, I it's like your partners with Hashem too. Like, you know, like the whole, uh, the whole deal will work. I, I'll do my part and, and, uh, hopefully it'll be successful. Uh, and it, and it is, and it was. Um, and, um, I definitely think that, that, you know, just operating in, in the e-commerce world, there's a lot of Jews, uh, a lot of religious Jews who are very, very successful. Um, and I think the draw, like you were asking, is more about the fact that they could have a, a Seder and also have an Amazon business mm-hmm. and maybe make your own, uh, Yisachar's Volan deal, um, where you're, you know, cause a lot of businesses, you, you go take a traditional job out there. You can't really, maybe you got, you could fit in a night Seder. Maybe you could fit in a really earning early morning Seder, but, um, you know, getting, getting in your daily dose of Torah is important. That's something that I found, uh, over the years. Um, we were talking about this before and, and talking about what type of audience, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're talking to today. And I wanted to mention that I didn't always learn every day. Um, it's something that, I, I, I made a decision for myself. My father is, uh, always, have always, has always like tried to push me and, and, you know, tell me what, what to do and, and that I should be ha- have a Seder. And there was years where 
uh, he would always like, you know, remind me, like, you should really be learning every day and it'll be good. And it'll, it'll, it'll be something that you'll enjoy and, and appreciate. And it could have a lot of benefit, you know, in your life. And, uh, that was the understatement, uh, of, of my life because going and, and changing from, cause just to go back from going every single day to New York, um, it was, it was, it was very, very tiring. Um, so even if, even if I wanted to learn, cause I, I didn't have any, I was focused on, on my business. I wanted to grow my business. Uh, and I had my yeshiva a couple years in yeshiva. And then I had my couple years of chill out and, um, and I wanted to, you know, find my own balance and, and do what I was comfortable with. And at that moment, I wasn't comfortable learning every day because, it was a strain to travel three hours every single day. I remember during holiday season, because on Amazon, maybe you have that benefit of, you know, you have that typical Amazon guy sitting by the pool on his laptop. Not so true, but it, it's still, I, you know, that's some, I get, I guess it, it has some value, some credit there. Um, during holiday season though, you got to put in the hours. Uh, and I remember during when I was working in New York, uh, traveling back and forth from Jersey to New York every day. Um, first of all, when it's snowing out and raining out, the trains, I would take a train every day. The trains could get delayed. Uh, I one time got stuck on a train for five hours. Um, and it, that was, that was a nightmare. Um, and it was snowing out and it was like a storm and, and it was just, uh, we got stuck on the, on the tracks, but I, I had my fair share of commuting for long, long hours. Uh, and they say that you could listen to a class on the way, whatever, but for me, it was too much. I needed to unwind. Um, and I couldn't learn. I, I didn't have the time to learn. Uh, if it was the morning, I was busy traveling to New York. And if it was the night, I was busy traveling home. When I would get home, I was exhausted. Uh, it wasn't, it wasn't really in the cards for me back then. Um, then I started my own business and I was working five minutes away from where I live. And I found myself with all this extra time in the day. So for the first time I said, okay, you know what? Um, I don't really have an excuse anymore. I have to, I have to start learning and it wasn't right away. I, I was still, I was here in my own, in my own office for maybe a year before I started a Seder and, um, and it's the best thing I ever did. Um, I it originally didn't commit to it right like full time. I was like going twice a week, three times a week. Uh, and eventually I, um, I, um, you know, I, I made the, I made the plunge and then just a little, a little story, um, you're going to have to help out on this one because, um, I, I just, we, you know, Reb Shaila, right? You're going to, you're going to have to explain this one. I'm just okay. giving you a warning. Okay, um, so I have a, a pretty, pretty cute story when I was my, when I did my first perfect week of learning, my chavruta, um, Which means perfect week every single day you committed every single week. day. Yeah. yeah. Every day time. I, okay. I arrived. I'm saying like I showed up every day. Okay. Um, my chavruta, my learning, my learning partner, uh, mentioned to me as we were closing the book at nine o'clock, uh, he said, I just want to let you know, this is your first full week. Um, I said, yes, I, I know it's, uh, it wasn't easy and I'm happy I did it. And thank God after that, I don't think I missed, uh, I, got, I had a lot of perfect weeks after that. Um, but, um, he said in this, you should, um, you should close, you should, you know, close a lot of deals, do a lot of business and happens to be my brother was in Germany at Rup Shaila's grave at that moment. Um, and he was, he was davening and he was praying for, for, uh, you know, uh, and, and Parnasa and, and, uh, you know, so we, we, we could all be successful. He's also a partner in my business. And, um, 
and instantly, it was nine o'clock, instantly nine o'clock, I got four emails uh, from clients approving very, very big deals, very big projects. And um, I I didn't, I didn't look at that as a coincidence. That was, that was wild. Like I'm talking about (laughs) closing him out. And then, and then he says, in the zikhut of your perfect week, this was a Thursday. Um, you should, you should, uh, you should close, uh, you know, your deals. And this is not Sunday. So this is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, uh, and four days. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it was four deals. Um, and that was just wild. It was, and happens to be the Rabshila piece to it. Also, you need to explain who Rabshila is. Okay. I'll go explain it. Okay. So this, so David is saying for all those who need the translation here, David came four days in a row to learn with his study partner in the morning before work. And his, his study partner was so proud of him, he gave him a blessing that in the merit of your commitment and your following through, so you should have tremendous success in your, in your livelihood, in your business. And his brother, at the same time, was, was there at the grave of a great tzaddik, a, a righteous person, who people, people go to this grave site and they, and they pray for whatever they need in the merit. They pray to God, of course, but in the merit of the, of the tzaddik, of the righteous person. And he said that it was happening all at the same time. He gets this bracha, he gets this blessing from his chavruta, and his brother is there in Germany. In Germany. And, and right there, as like about, what are you saying, nine o'clock, right? He gave you this bracha? Nine yeah. o'clock. Nine o'clock. Four emails come in at nine o'clock in the morning? Nine o'clock in the morning. That is unbelievable. That is like, we're going to have to start coming to you for brachas. <laughs> no, definitely <laughs> not. But, um, but definitely, if you can make, it, make your way to Shiloh's Kaver uh, in Germany, uh, there's a lot of pretty pretty wild stories, um, and and I also think that you can't you can't undermine the uh, the commitment to to the seder as well. It's both, um, yeah, it's both. And what I, what I meant when I said that it changed my life, it it, it changed a lot, a lot of different things um, from from just shiurim that I that I attend on, on other days, and and uh, even my my prayers. Um, it, it's something that definitely has affected my life for the positive. Um, and I'm very happy. I'm very happy that I, I made that decision. And of course, my father gets a lot of credit for always, always nudging me. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's definitely, uh, definitely something I look back on and I'm very, very happy about just, and I, and honestly, in just a couple of years, so much has changed me and, and it's just from one decision. Um, and I know that it will continue and, and continue to, to, you know, keep, keep me growing in the right, in the right direction. I have so many more questions about the Amazon business and how you got started and all this. But since we're already talking about the Jewish side of it, uh, you, t- you mentioned to me on the phone before, we, before this podcast that you were at a point once in your life where you were uh, up until Shabbat, you were almost like it was almost it was almost dark already. It was almost like the sun was setting and you would you would be working until the last possible moment. And then not, not that way, not that okay. way. But but um but let's say I would work until um an hour or two hours before Shabbos. Okay. Um in and, New York. And then have no, to no, 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 no. Oh, oh in, in New York, um I would that was actually when you're when you're an employee, you always wanna oh I got you're always a little more religious, like oh I gotta get home for Shabbos. Uh, I need three hours before, I need four hours. Um <laughs> so but I'm talking more when I own my own business, uh and I, I didn't yet realize that you can put all the effort in the world, but the end of the day it's uh it's the one above that decides how much you're going to take home um i was working because i thought i had to uh and this is also i mean right now i'm 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 doing a morning seder and a night seder it's not a not something i'm doing for a long time but um for a long time i struggled with night seder because 
it's, I usually I work late and I feel like I can't leave. I feel like I have to continue working. And um, it was something I struggled with. And I would say on a more severe level, Shabbos, there's people who stop working at Chatzot, at, you know, 12, one o'clock in the afternoon um, and say, I, no more business. It's, there's no, there's no beracha for business after it's time to start preparing for Shabbat. Um, so that's something that maybe if you're a little more religious, you do. And uh, I guess it's also something a little more for me, because again, a story for another time, but my father actually has a, a one of those, one of those stories with accepting Shabbos early. Um, he actually accepts Shabbat early uh, and he did for years and he has, uh, you know, they have their, their, their whole thing. So for me to not accept Shabbat early and to actually work very, very too close for comfort, um, you know, and, and basically just not leave enough time to properly prepare. Um, and it, it comes, it stems from thinking that you have to, thinking that you need, you need to be there making the money. You need to be, you're the one making it rain, right? And when you, when you come to the realization that that's not the case, um, eventually you're able to say, okay, uh, this is what I need to do. I'm not, I'm not doing this for myself. I'm not doing this for, to make money. I'm doing this because this is the proper thing to do. And, and it's not easy. Um, sometimes you have a meeting, somebody asks you for a meeting and they want to talk. And I, I'm not perfect with, with, you know, leaving at 12 or one o'clock. Sometimes I leave at two or, or, or later, but I at least try and I'm conscious about not working up at least the way I used to. Um, it's, it's just not, it's not good. And it's also not healthy to, to be that, that crazy. Uh, cause again, I, I, I consider myself a workaholic. Um, I love what I do, uh, and I enjoy it. And, and it's something that I, I don't really consider it work. So if I feel like I'm making money from it, it's even better, right? It's something you enjoy and you're making money. Um, so it, it was, it was, uh, maybe a mixture of all these things, but, uh, I also had to, had to work on myself to realize that, that's not the way it should be. And, and, uh, that I mentioned that to you because it's something that I personally overcame, uh, which meant a lot to me also. And, and, uh, like I said, was growth in the right direction. I think that, um, you know, being a, a Jewish entrepreneur, um, you always have to make a kiddush Hashem, right? You always have to do the right thing. You have to always be conscious of what is the right thing to do here. Uh, and it doesn't just apply to, other people, it applies to yourself, it applies to your own life, it applies to what you're doing for, for your kids, what they're seeing, if they're seeing you run home too late to, 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 to Shabbat and, and, uh, you're not giving it the proper attention and the proper preparation, um, they get the wrong message. So on many levels, it's something that I try to internalize. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. So now let's go back to the business. So tell us, I'm curious, you're coming from, you, talk, you talked about how you in New York, you were working with a, with a firm that was handling hundreds of clients and you decided that you wanted to start a boutique Amazon consulting service. What goes into that decision? What's the difference? And how do you get started with your boutique? boutique. Um, that's a good question. <laughs> um, the difference between the two models is one, b- both agencies that I work for in New York um, and I always say like, there's a New York firm and there's a New Jersey firm. New York firms are more, you know, fancy office and the, not to say that my office is not fancy or anything, but um, New York is more like, you know, there's a glamour to it. And, and uh, you, you might think like you're a big agency uh, and they were uh, both, both agencies had maybe, uh, you know, in, in the, in the triple digits uh, of clientele. Um, and for me, I don't exceed double digits. 
Uh, and to be, to be frank, I, I don't really exceed the teens. Uh, I have a very, very small list of, of clients. Um, and I'm very, very careful with when I enter in, like I say, no, most, most of the time. Um, whereas maybe some of these other, some of these other firms are more customizable and, and they're looking to, I guess, get a, a larger, a larger, uh, representation out there, more, more opportunities. For me, I, like I said before, it's not really about the, the quantity of, of opportunities I'm, I'm working on. It's about the quality. Uh, I've seen what a successful Amazon business looks like, and I'm looking to replicate that. I don't need to do that with hundreds of people. Uh, I'm looking to do that on a smaller level. Uh, and it was just a fundamental difference of, of the way that the business is being built. Um, but funny enough, ultimately, I know that a lot of these big agencies out there end up realizing that the way to go is not big, is not hundreds of clients. It's more to have the right partnerships. Um, but everybody, everybody does what works for them. Uh, ultimately, it's something that I just, I didn't, you know, I, at the other firm, I was managing 50 accounts. Um, now I'm managing about 10. Um, so it's just the difference of how much attention they're getting. I, I was, I was struggling to give everybody FaceTime when I was managing 50 accounts. Um, thank God I, I could be because I work a lot. I work a lot of hours. Uh, but I always say that, um, you know, if my client wants to get a hold of me, uh, at the very least, I'll give them a call back pretty, pretty quickly, but usually they can get a hold of me and usually I'm available to help them and, and, uh, you know, do what we need to do and grow the business accordingly. So, um, it's important, I guess, to have the right balance of, uh, you know, of, of what works and what doesn't work. Uh, in reality, just, just, uh, another point, um, most of the, when you have hundreds of clients, most of them are not really doing the proper recipe. Like, the, and that, that was the case. It wasn't, it wasn't like m- most of the opportunities were not performing because they just weren't, they didn't have what it takes. So I thought like, why would I want to, have a hundred partners and 80 of them not live up to what they need to do. Instead, I'll just try to get 20 that are good, that, that are living up to what we need to do to be successful. So um, just a different, different way to go about it, I guess. Is the goal of Amazon consulting, I mean, what you're providing for your clients, is it to eventually coach them to a point where they can do it all themselves or is it a, is it a forever relationship? Yeah, that's a good question. I, there's definitely an aspect of graduation, we call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have clients that have graduated my service. Um, we've managed one, one account for close to three years um, and we grew it from let's just say um, maybe 20, 20,000 a month to, I don't know, close to a million a month. Yeah. 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 Wow. Close to a million in sales over that time span uh, a month talking about. And um, I mean that, that company I'm talking about hired a full team in-house and they still use us for here, here and there, like services, listing optimization, stuff like that. But when we're talking about like a full partnership, um, we want our, our, our partners to know that there's obviously there's a benefit of having a team in your company that's running it. Uh, and eventually as the business grows bigger and bigger, we typically take a percentage of sales. So when the business is nice and big, uh, and you're paying all that commission, you think, okay, let me just pay this money and have a full staff in my office, in my company. Uh, so there is a, definitely an aspect of taking it in house. Um, and we're open to that. We don't, we don't hold anybody hostage. 
we typically, if we do an agreement, we typically do a, a term. At the end of the term, we have the option to renew or to graduate, like we said. Now, when you, you say very, very specific in picking out who you take as a client, so what does it take to get into Amazon Experts to be the one that where, where David is managing? It's not, it's not like that. No, no. It's just, um, <laughs> it's just a criteria. Um, I'm not going to go into detail of every piece of the criteria, but okay. just explain a, a couple of basic ones. Um, I meet a lot of people. I speak to a lot of people. Um, one thing I could tell you is there's people out there who stock inventory, meaning they have hundreds of thousands of water bottles, right? In, on their shelf, in their, in their warehouse. Um, and they have it and, and they're, they're, uh, let's just say it's open stock and, um, they have a, a deal with Kohl's, Kohl's department store and Kohl's decides they have a hundred thousand units. They want all of them. Um, and they're going to give them to them because Kohl's has rules that if you don't give them what they want, there's penalties. Um, so Kohl's could take all your inventory and clean you out. And bottom line would be an Amazon business needs inventory to survive, to, to run. Uh, and if let's just say that scenario happened where Kohl's cleans you out, uh, you would need to have set inventory for Amazon that cannot be touched. Uh, and that's one of the criteria that I would say I need because I've been part of businesses where the inventory was taken all, all away. And we have certain benchmarks. If we hit this, we get, you know, bonuses and all these things. And all of a sudden, what happens when there's no more stock? There's nothing left. Um, that would be a real big fundamental for me. There's no um, pause button. There's no pause button on Amazon. No pause no. button. Not such a thing. Just, uh, just a business that can die from, uh-huh. from going out of stock. Um, so, and it's very hard to get it back once you lose it. So, uh, I would say the in- inventory is a staple. Uh, another thing is advertising because today it's, it's a pay to play game. You cannot be successful if you're not willing to pay for traffic as well. You'll get organic traffic like we discussed, but you also have to go and pay for traffic. Uh, when you type in anything, I, I, I encourage you to try search anything you want on Amazon and underneath the, the title, it'll say a little thing that says sponsored, which means that somebody is paying for that placement. Um, I can tell you that any, any key, any word you're going to search, you will find on the pay on page one, you will find sponsored results. So if somebody says, Oh yeah, no, I, I want to have an Amazon business, but I don't believe in advertising. Uh, I would say that, you know, you, all, all the luck to you. We, we want you to be very successful. And if you would like to uh, design some beautiful pages with great wording and great images, I'll put you in touch with my sales guy, but we're not going to be managing the business. Um, and that's just two pieces, two criterias. Uh, there's, there's a handful more, um, but, uh, but I don't want to, I don't want to get too detailed on you today. Um, we, we just want to find the right opportunities. And we, like I said, we've seen what success looks like. So we're trying to replicate that recipe. And we know there's a few things that, that we won't, we don't want. We don't want to like somebody who is going to have an open inventory, shared inventory that anybody can go take. Um, we're risking selling out of something. And, and like we said on Amazon, that's not really an option. So when we're talking about, you know, starting something with, with, with a, with a partnership, we want to make sure we have inventory that's ours. We want to make sure we have an advertising budget. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, the, the, the list goes on and on. But when we say we're vetting somebody to, to work with them, um, like I said, we, we can build anybody a, a beautiful page on Amazon, uh, with images and, and we're in the right 
title and bullets and description and keywords. Um, but if we're talking about a partnership, like just like it's the other way, when a client is talking about hiring an agency, it's pretty standard for them to say, oh, I'm talking to a few people, just seeing what's out there. Uh, I'm just going to check, you know, see how you charge, how you work, uh, you know, how you're structured. Uh, and then they choose what's the right fit. Um, so it's not a one-way street. It's both ways. It's something that we want to do also. There's all, there's clients who, um, you know, want to pay. There's clients who want work for free. Obviously we want to work with, with paying clients, um, like most people do, but there's definitely people out there who, who like, you know, uh, oh yeah, uh, let's, let's do a business. And then, you know, you put up all the money and I say, no, that's not, that's not what we do. Uh, we don't, you know, it's, it's not our business. We're providing a service. Uh, and we would, uh, and we would do the service for a fee and, and, uh, commission structure on, on the business. Uh, and then if that doesn't work, of course, we can just offer our services. Every service we have as a flat fee. Um, so whether, whether we're talking about full management, um, and we're vetting them or whether we're talking about just offering our services for Amazon, um, to list the product. And we offer, we have a whole service menu with plenty of other services on it as well. Um, but our, our main service is definitely listing creation and, uh, making the images and making the title bullets and description. So when you say you'll take anybody who is ready to, you'll have to, you have to see if you can work with this person, but if they have an advertising budget and they have, um, uh, the other things you said, um, it doesn't matter. Does it matter to you whether the product is a valuable product or of course uh, needed? Yeah. The third thing on the list was a quality product. Okay. Um, the fourth thing on the list is somebody to work with. Um, cause I can't do this alone. We need a collaboration, uh, in order to be successful. Um, there's a hundred percent there. There's, I'm looking for, ultimately I'm looking for an opportunity that will be successful. Uh, and if I believe it's will be successful, then, and I don't have a conflict of interest, um, then I will, I will be happy to do it because like I said, if I, if I'm, if I'm selling, uh, water bottles, then I'm not going to sell water bottles for two people. If I'm doing something with, with somebody, I'm not going to overlap. And because how do you choose who who's going to come up when on page one when I when I type in a water bottle in you know, person one or person two? It doesn't uh, doesn't really work that way. So you have to kind of choose um, you know uh, the, the your partners wisely and and um, kind of work work accordingly. That's the way it makes sense to me, at least. Um, and, and that's, uh, that's typically what we do, but we're not, uh, we're not like you're lucky to work with us. It's not nothing like that. Uh, we definitely do good work. We definitely spoil our customers. Uh, but at the same time, um, we're just looking to make a logical business partnership with the right people, uh, and not too many people because I've seen what it looks like when it's too, when it's too big. Um, so it is limited. Uh, and we, we do know how to say no, uh, only if it's not an opportunity that makes sense. That's kind of how, how it makes sense to us. When you started your own business and you left the bigger firms, how did you get the, the word out that you were, how'd you start advertising yourself? as Amazon? <laughs> so that's a good question. Um, I, I worked in the other firms for a nice amount of time. Um, I made a name for myself, thank God. And I had people who were always telling me like, if you ever open a firm, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll work with you. And I had enough of those offers that I knew people that wanted to work with me already. Um, and I, I never advertised a dollar in my life. Um, so the answer to your question really, uh, uh, cause I think that I took myself, you know, to a certain level without doing any advertising, 
uh, paid advertising. Uh, but I also started an organization. Um, and we don't have, I don't know how much more time we have here, but we, um, I started an organization that definitely put me on the map. Um, and I, I, you know, I'm, I'm one of the founding members of the organization. The organization is called the Ecom Cooperative. So you'll see uh, over here, there's a, a sign that says Amazon Experts. And then there's a sign that says the Ecom Cooperative. Um, so both are my businesses. Um, with the Ecom Cooperative, I don't really have a service I'm selling. Um, it was uh, it's something that started as a collaboration between a bunch of service providers um, in the in the tri-state area here in New Jersey, New York. People that I've worked with, people that I've I trust, people that um, you know I I have uh, I know are doing a good good uh, service out there. And we put together an organization where we try to just deliver value to e-commerce and Amazon sellers. Uh, it's free for e-commerce and Amazon sellers to join this community. Uh, we have a, a series of webinars that we put together, like a monthly webinars to help educate Amazon sellers and e-commerce sellers about trends and, and you know, new updates and tools and, and uh, just how to, how to be successful. Uh, and we also put together in-person events. Uh, we've put together five events. Um, they're invite only and they're for advanced sellers typically. Um but it's it's definitely, I mean, they're always free. Everything we do is free for Amazon sellers and e-commerce sellers. So um by being one of the founding members of this organization, I was I definitely met a whole lot of people. Uh and because we're doing events, I'm invited to a whole bunch of other events. Um and we I mean that that definitely has gotten me a tremendous amount of business. Um uh, before that though, before I, I started the e-com cooperative about two years ago. Um, I, I had Amazon experts running for a few years and it was strictly word of mouth, which meant, um, that people were happy with the service and referring their friends. Uh, we did attend like consumer electronic show in Las Vegas. Uh, and that was nice, nice and successful for us. So a good old fashioned trade show never hurt anybody, but, um, but yeah, I mean, that was for the most part, um, we were word of mouth for a couple of years and then, after I, st- I started this organization with several other, uh, you know, service providers who were much bigger than, than I was, uh, it sort of all just kind of blew up. This organization started with four service providers and instantly blew up to like over 40. Uh, and the 40 providers are definitely some of the biggest providers in the industry, um, including one of the biggest shows in the industry. There's a show, very famous Amazon show called The Prosper Show, actually founded by Eitan Wiener. Uh, who is a, a very, very good candidate for this podcast as well, which I would love to make that recommendation. But he is, uh, he's the king of exits, if I might say so. He, he, uh, he's exited a bunch of businesses, but he started along with a few other people, a show called the Prosper Show. Uh, and the Prosper Show is the biggest Amazon slash e-commerce show today. They do it every year in Las Vegas. Um, and they're actually a partner with us in the e-com cooperative. Uh, and that was the day we did that. That was pretty, that was pretty, uh, I, I was very excited about that. Um, it's very validating, uh, cause this organization is very new. Prosper show has been going, going on for maybe seven years now. Uh, and they're the industry like leader. So for them to say, we want to be part of this e-com cooperative organization, uh, was a very big deal for us. And, um, that definitely helped get all everybody involved has gotten a lot of recognition. Um, we actually did a hundred thousand dollars service giveaway. So all forty providers partnered together, 
mm-hmm. threw in service free services into the pot, and we did a giveaway, a four-hour virtual event where we just gave away 50 prizes to 50 different winners. Um, so we do some cool things. Very cool. So when you say providers, just to clarify, are you talking about all aspects of an Amazon business? You're talking about some some guy's going to provide the copywriting and something. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Yeah. Um, Aton Wiener again. He has a an agency, not an agency, a, a company called Getida. Get I D A. Uh, Getida is an age uh, a company that gets you your money back from Amazon. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know this. If you're not an Amazon seller, you wouldn't know this. Amazon charges fees. Um, so let's say I have a water bottle and I'm selling the water bottle and it's two inches by six inches and Amazon is going to charge me a fulfillment fee. Now, because it's two inches by six inches, that fulfillment fee will be a dollar fifty for argument's sake. What happens when Amazon decides that it wasn't two inches by six inches? It's actually three by nine. Mm-hmm. And the threshold from uh, standard size to oversize is actually uh, eight inches. So now they're putting me on the oversized category, which is quadruple the price for my fulfillment fee. So now instead of a dollar fifty, I have to pay six dollars. Um, Amazon has a system where you can go back and say, Hey, Amazon, here's my product with a ruler next to it, clearly showing you two inches by six inches. You charge me for three by nine. Uh, instead of $6, you should have charged me a dollar fifty. Give me my four fifty back. And let's just say you had a thousand orders. It's a lot of money, right? Um, so this software, Gatita, gets you your money back. Um, and they take 20% of what they get you. They get you nothing. They take nothing. They get you a hundred dollars. They're taking $20. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't do that. I don't, I don't have this software. I, I, any of my clients who want their money back, I just simply recommend go use Gatita. Uh, there, that's their specialty. Uh, and there's just like Gatita has their specialty in reimbursements. There's another specialist in repricing to choose the right price on Amazon. There's a whole software and algorithm for that. Um, I don't do product videos. So there's an agency that just does videos for Amazon today. If you want to be successful on Amazon, you need a video. I don't do videos. So somebody else would be the perfect can. You know, I have a few people that can do videos, but the perfect person for you, um, would be somebody who specializes in it and, and they can show you how they, you know, the different work they do. Uh, and then you choose somebody that, that you want to work with. And, and like I'm saying, there's a whole, there's hundreds of providers out there. And the Ecom Cooperative is comprised of a group of providers who, solution providers, service providers, who are committed to building this community and creating this free resource for Amazon sellers and e-commerce sellers. And we do things like giveaways and free webinars and free events and, and uh, other other cool things. And uh, definitely, definitely something that I'm also very proud of. Uh, and like I said, I mean, I, I have clients that are not in the U.S., and I attribute that to the Ecom Cooperative. Uh, I mean, there's no question about that. So um, that's, again, very, very long answer to your question. Um, I appreciate it. No, thank you for educating me and of all of us. Uh, okay, so David, I want, I want to wrap it up. But with one, with one question in particular, there may be some people listening um, who are considering what career path they go into. And this may sound very interesting. They thought maybe they were going to the professions to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever it might be, and, uh, or an accountant. And they're hearing that, wow, you can have such flexibility and there's so much room for growth and it's, just, it's, it's only getting bigger. What would you say if you had a message to um, 
how would a person know if this is right for them? Um, I'm a big, I'm a big, uh, believer in, in, uh, in your gut feeling. Uh, you know, if, if you feel like there's a, a chance that you could do this, um, and, and build a, a brand and, you know, on e-com, um, e-commerce is only growing. And I think this is something that you could still get into it and, it's, it still didn't even get as, as good as it, as it could get. It's, it's going to continue to be a bigger, bigger part of how people do business. Wholesale is, is, uh, wholesale business is definitely changing. E-commerce business is definitely growing. Um, so in my opinion, it's a great industry. Um, there's room for everyone, um, or more people at least. Um, and it's definitely a good, it, it, like we, we already covered, it's definitely a good Jewish, Jewish job. Um, and um, I would say that if you think you can do it, if you think that there's a shot that it might be for you, um, it doesn't, it's not, it doesn't, you could, you could try it out risk-free. There's no, uh, I, don't, I don't think you have to do too much uh, to learn and, and, and uh, you know, you can, you can get a job, you can start uh, taking a course uh, for, for an uh, inexpensive course and learn more about it. Um, and it's not something that, like you, you can be of like, you can have one product on Amazon and you can find somebody who has a product already. Uh, so you don't have to pay for the product and you can find somebody who already has an Amazon account and you don't have to open an Amazon account. And you can, especially if someone's in school and they're just looking for something on the side. Um, it's not like a traditional business where you got to go to college and you got to go get a, a medical degree or a law degree. And then this is something that. If you can watch a couple of YouTube videos or maybe get a course and if you feel like you might be good at it, you can try it for a pretty easy, risk-free, you know, uh, um, experience. It's not like it doesn't take too much, doesn't take too much out of you, doesn't take too much time. Um, already in this one hour crash course, you know a lot about Amazon. Um, and technically, uh, if you need, if you need, uh, recommendations on more videos to watch and more courses to take, uh, I'm happy to help. Um, and, and, you know, it's definitely, I think it's a good industry to get in. Um, and, and it's only growing, like I said, and it's, uh, it's not something that you have to, um, commit to. It's something that you can try and it's something that you can do while you're doing other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so get creative. And, and if it's something that makes sense to you, um, you know, you, you should be successful and make sure that you, uh, if you are starting an Amazon business, it's not too bad of an idea to like figure out a, a quick, morning or night Seder in there and try to get your own, uh, your suffers deal going on. And, uh, that doesn't, doesn't hurt. Doesn't, uh, it, it'll only, it'll only help. I think you'll be able to pursue your spiritual growth if you, but only if you, uh, only if you make it a priority, right? That's yeah. what you're saying. Okay. Yeah, very good. Yeah. Okay. David, thank you so, so much. We really appreciate this and you should be very successful and always find the right clients and be able to help them and, uh, and, and focus on what's, you know, Focus on what's important and and in, in an easy and uh, non-stressful way. Amen. Thank you. You've just listened to another great episode of Our Tribe, the podcast, brought to you by the Podcast Fellowship and hosted by Rabbi Tovia Kopstein. Tune in each week, every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern time to hear more great episodes of Our Tribe, the podcast. If you have any suggestions or questions, email us at ourtribe at podcastfellowship.org. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to help the tribe thrive.